This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. It's time to step up to the plate with Jim, Steve, Fish, and former two-time Gold Glover World Series champion, Benji Molina. A swing and a miss, and that's the winner! That's the winner! A World Series winner for the Cardinals! Right, Jordan! Smith courts one into right down the line. It may go. Go crazy, folks. Go crazy. I pop off. The Clover's there. The Cardinals won the pennant. The Cardinals won the pennant. The Cardinals won the pennant. Breeze hits it in the air to center. We will see you tomorrow night. Swing and a miss. The Cardinals are world champions for 2006. In the air to left, well hit. Back is Craig. What a team. What a ride. The Cardinals are world champs in 2011. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Thursday morning edition of Two Birds on a Bat, your St. Louis Cardinals fan podcast. Of course, brought to you each and every week by our good friend Randy Green and his wonderful daughter Stephanie Green and the great gang over at InnovatedCompanies.com. All the great uh, construction needs under one umbrella. That's what they've done there at InnovatedCompanies.com. Check them out. Heating and cooling, electric, and of course, construction. Whether it be residential, commercial, or industrial, they'll take care of all your needs. Don't forget our good friend Randy Green. His word is bond. I promise you, 35 plus years experience. And when you're a second generation craftsman, that's when you learn that your word is all you have. Check him out. Randy Green with InnovatedCompanies.com. Um, let me welcome in on the M4Bayati.com hotline now. My friend and yours is he's the only friend I got today because Steve-O's bailed on us once again. Work calls. I understand work calls, but come on, man. Let's welcome in Benji Molina. What's going on, pal? What's going on, Jimbo? I'm ready, man. Let's do this. Just you and I, pal. Just you and I. Um, you know, uh, did the episode Monday. Got a lot of feedback on that episode. Uh, and I knew we would. We had kind of teased it a little bit um, for those that are, if they missed it, it's an episode, like I said, if, you, if you're a guy like, well, look, I only listen on Thursdays. Go back and listen to Monday. Steve and I had the opportunity, as we had mentioned last Thursday, to attend an event that Mo spoke at. Um, he said some things that really gave Steve and I some insight. It doesn't, I'm not saying it changes our opinion. I mean, our wishes and things that we want for the Cardinals, it didn't change that. But it did give us a little bit of insight into maybe their mentality. Uh, the one thing that has came, came up numerous times that we're going to talk about today uh, to tease it a little bit, is uh, what I said, and I'll say it again, um, and Benji, I, you know, you're a guy that's been there. The one thing that I would ask Mo, um, if I could have a beer with him, is do you sometimes wish you didn't say things you said to get a fan base excited, knowing all along that if the, if the, if the landscape is bad, you're going to revert back to your young players? Uh, I think all teams do that, but I also find it, you know, that they may not come out and say, we're going to do this, and then they don't do it. Now, maybe I'm wrong because we're not in other markets. And maybe I'm wrong because fans scream for what? They want Mo and they want these guys to come out and say, we're going to do this and we're going to do that. So maybe they give them what they want, and then it kind of backfires on them a little bit. So you wonder sometimes if these guys are like, you know, 
I really felt like we could get something done. I couldn't believe this was the asking price. The bottom line is I really, I mean, so, so then come out and say, you know what? And this is, I guess at the end, and this is where I'll kind of stop with it before we get into it. After I do all our gratuitous openings, come out and say that, come out and say, look, we really, really thought we were going to be able to address this. And when we got out there, guys, the landscape is rough. I mean, when it comes to trades, People are absolutely asking for unthinkable things. And when it came to money in years, guys that need to be getting two- and three-year deals are asking for five. We are not going to play in that arena. That's not our business model. Now, maybe they would come back to me and say, well, Jim, we're not going to do that either because you never know when we might push the envelope, and we don't want to give the opinion that we're closed for business. So I understand that there's things that go on behind the scenes that we never know about. Benji, you've been a part of those things that go on behind the scenes. Would that be accurate that you just never really know what's going on? You you will never know what is in their mind. And I've told you guys since the beginning, you, we will never find out what they're thinking, what they're doing, because they have their own peace of mind. Uh, but going back to what you said at the beginning, they they don't come out and say anything like you said, because it could backfire on them, but they have to say the right things for the fans. They have to say that we're going to go all out this winter. Now you have, now you keep the fans from going at it. I mean, should they do that? No. If you don't have a, a strong winter to come, uh, you should just say, hey, listen, we're going to just go to see what's out there. And if it fits our team, we're going to do whatever it takes to fix it. But they don't do that. They just tell you we're going to be, this is an important, I remember, this is an important uh, off season for the Cardinals, we're going to do our best to address uh, anything that we need to get our team better. And then in the end, they don't do it. So I know they shouldn't do it, but it doesn't surprise me that they've done it. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't surprise me at all that they that they just say, "Hey, we're going to go all out, 100 percent," and then they end up doing 30 percent of what they said. So it doesn't surprise me. Uh, but they should come out and, and be honest and say, hey, listen, we're just going to go out and check, like you said. We're just going to go out and check and, and see what's out there. If it's nothing out there, uh, then we won't do it. But I heard I heard that they're, they're still in Greg Holland, you know, talking to him. Uh, and that's that's what I, the only guy, about the only guy that I heard. They signed Mojica, which yeah, but, they were hoping, uh, they were hoping for, uh, like Gregerson, you know, like they were hoping for a, for a $2 million guy or $4 million guy to do 40 safe for them, and they look, like, amazing, right? Well, I, I don't understand the move. I was going to bring that up in a little bit, so I'll just say that one makes zero sense to me because he's, he's not even invited to spring training. He, most of the guys that yeah, sign that, they, they, they sign a minor league deal or they, or they, sign, or they do a no con, per, and they get invited to spring training. This guy signed a minor league contract. He's not even going to be in spring training. I don't understand it. I don't understand that at all unless yeah. they're like, he needs some time, so we're going to put him in the minors and just see what he can do. I, I just found that odd. I, I don't think they need to see what he can do. I think that they're going to have an insurance-type uh, guy. I mean, Mojica can pitch. You know, he's a veteran. He can pitch. He might not be a, you know, um, a top reliever right now, but, but you have him back in the minor league just in case something happens. These guys, when they sign like this, it's clearly, clearly insurance. Um, I love Mujica, and I love the way he pitched. But you can see it in their eyes. You can see it in the Cardinals' eyes. This is a strictly 
uh, insurance. Like, if, uh, you know, if somebody goes down with the arm injury in swing training, at least they have a guy there that they might be able to count, you know, and, and bring up. That's that's what I think this sign is about, a little bit of insurance. And, and it's very sad to hear because you don't want to tell the guy that. But sometimes they do. So, and I've been in the room when they call these guys uh, insurance policy. And, uh, I mean, I hate it, but that, that's what they are. You know, when you sign, uh, let's say, the Giants, when they sign uh, Blanco, Andres Blanco, for a minor league deal, uh, uh, you know, like a utility guy, and you already have a utility guy, you know he's he's there just in case something happened. You know he he's there just in case so they can bring him up. So that comes out a lot, you know, and I I hate it, but it's just truth. It's just what happened. Um, you know, again, I'll say Mahuka is only thirty three years old. I mean, he's it's not like he's you know thirty eight. And they, again, I'm with you. Then that makes the bottom line is he's a depth guy that maybe they think with some time in the minors, he would be there, like you said, as an insurance policy and, and nothing more. And if you catch lightning with a guy like that, why not? I mean, like I said, I don't, people are freaking out like, okay, this is another, their bull. This isn't a bullpen move. They didn't even invite him to spring training. So interesting. I, whatever, it's kind of a non-issue for me. I don't really care, but um, you know, I will say this, what I want to talk to you a little bit about today is we're going to talk about where the Cardinals are today through this off season. And basically, we're going to compare them to everybody else because that's all you can do this offseason. So it's very interesting. I mean, let's just say it before we before we talk, you know, do our stuff that we normally do. There's 130 free agents still there and pitchers and catchers report in two weeks. This is crazy. I, I, I mean, this is you, nuts. I told you, as long as they're out there, we're involved <laughs> because we don't know what the heck they're thinking, right? So, well, yeah. Uh, as long as they're still out there, um, we could be involved. Who knows? I mean, I know they say we're not made, we're not making any major moves. Uh, I know they come out and said that, but man, I tell you what, Jimbo, I I really, while those guys are still out there, I really believe something's going to happen. I really believe that uh, Greg Howling or somebody like that is going to come in, man. I really do believe so. Um, but obviously, we don't know because they told us. Maybe they told us just to, for us to uh, expect nothing, and if they do some, be surprised, you know? Yeah, um, and like I said, I have my own opinions on that. And we'll cover it here in a minute, but before we do, we want to remind everybody to check us out at twobirdsonabat.com. That's our website where you can listen to this show, listen to past episodes. Like I said, if you have not listened to Monday's episode yet, I recommend that you do only because um, Steve and I had the opportunity to, to listen and hear some things that, that answer some questions for us. Maybe they do for you. Maybe you don't care. Maybe you're one of those people that hear what you want to hear and you don't really care. That's fine, too. I'm happy to have a conversation with everybody involved in this. So um, for sure, make sure you check that out. But the other thing you can do at TwoBirdsOnABat.com is subscribe to the show. It's completely free. You'll get a notification on your mobile device whenever we drop the show and let you know it's ready for your listening pleasure. You can do your shopping through Amazon there as well simply by clicking the Amazon banner on your mobile device. You'll scroll all the way down. On your laptop, you just look over to the right. Once you click that, you're done with us. It doesn't cost you any more money. We get a very small uh, referral fee that helps us with our production costs, nothing more, nothing less. We do appreciate it if you don't mind. Uh, check out our social media. Uh, happy to have everybody be a part of that. We get into some great discussions, and I love them all, whether whether they get uh, sideways or not. doesn't matter to me. I love it, and I've we've never blocked anybody. We never will block anybody. Um, happy to have everybody involved in this thing. Uh, at Birds on a Bat Show. That's us on Twitter. 
the big ask from us, as always, is, is you know, we'd like to uh, build up our Facebook following. Follow us, Two Birds on a Bat. Type that in, Two Birds on a Bat. Like our Facebook page. Our big ask, though, click invite your friends. Your friends list will come up. You can invite all your friends that love baseball and love Cardinals baseball. We would love for them to be a member of our community as well. Um, find us on Instagram, Two Birds on a Bat Show. And, of course, you can go to lineupmedia.fm, check out all the great shows they have. They take your entertainment time very seriously. Um, I promise you you'll find another show on there that you'll enjoy. Uh, they're coming out right now with Yo Radio. Uh, Google that, Yo Radio, wonderful uh, uh, Internet station that's going to have all kinds of great Internet stations for your listening pleasure. And, of course, we'll have a dedicated baseball channel with more baseball than you can handle. So check out Yo Radio as well. Special thanks to Brian Crock and Andrew Allen, our producers that put the show together and make us sound minorly professional. Can't do it without them as well. All right, Benji. As, uh, as we like to do sometimes and, and include our sponsors, you know, when it comes to electric, um, uh, Innovated Electric Team, of course, over there under the InnovatedCompanies.com umbrella, um, the guy that I think we got that's going to be electric is Ozuna. Okay, I think you and I are in 100% agreement that we think Ozuna is the real deal. He's a real player. He is going to make a big difference for us. One of the things that happened – uh, just a week ago, was the Milwaukee Brewers kind of made some headlines. Obviously, they signed Lorenzo Cain and traded for Yelich. Both fine players, okay? Both fine players, no doubt about it, right? I like them both. Um, but I don't see what they did being any different than what we've done the last 12 months. We signed Dexter Fowler, okay? We traded for Ozuna. So when you, have to, when you look at this offseason and look at the things that went down, I will say number one, number one, hands down. The Yankees getting Stanton was huge for them, of course. You add Stanton into that lineup, and, man, they are a handful. Now, they're going to have to figure out who's going to start for them over there. I mean, their starting pitching is questionable. they got a great bullpen. But if their starting pitching comes through for them at all, and they've got young talent out the wazoo, the Yankees, no doubt, they hit a home run this offseason. Okay? Once you get past that, who else has had a better – I mean, again, there hasn't been much movement, has there? I mean, the Colorado Rockies getting no. Wade Davis and Shaw, I guess, was pretty good. Um, they, But the thing they was, really good. yeah, they had a really nice relief. Now, Holland went through a, a, a small rough patch, but Holland was really, really good for them last year. And, uh, you know, they're both – again, okay, if you want to say they did really well by getting Holland, uh, Davis and Shaw, I'll go with you there. Um but, you know, everybody's talking about the Cubs. And listen, you and I, th this is probably going to be the first time you and I are going to disagree on air a little bit. So I'm going to give you a little warning, okay? It's not a bad disagreement but I'm because I actually like the guy. But I'm going to have to play devil's advocate here with you. Okay, you ready for this? You ready? Yeah. You loved Brendan Morrow. You wanted the Cardinals to sign Brendan Morrow, right? Right? So well, it wasn't like I wanted to. It's just that he's one of the good arms that maybe found himself uh, after a year. But remember, Jimbo, all those guys that were out there, Greg Holland, he just came from surgery and had a good year. Right. Uh, Brandon Morrow had a great year. Uh, Shaw, he only had one good year. Uh, Wade Davis is the only one that's been doing it for a little bit longer. But they're all the same. So that's why I said, you know, maybe Brandon Morrow will be good. You know, who knows? Well, and here was, my, here was where I was going with that. Would I have liked to have Brendan Morrow? Yes. What I was going to try to try to get into, though, more was Brendan Morrow is no different than a lot of these guys that people are complaining about. He had one good year. 
Now, I do I know for sure Brendan Morrow is who he was last year for the Dodgers? I, I'm not going to bet my house on that. And again, people are like, well, Ozuna had 30-something home runs last year. He did all this. He had, you know, well, number one, his year before that wasn't bad either. And he is trending up. Brendan Morrow is an older guy. He's not old, old, but, you know, he's had some wear and tear and injuries on him. I don't know for sure he's going to be great. Greg Holland comes yep. off surgery, has a nice year. What do we expect? I don't know, but, boy, he was pretty good. So I guess my point is this. Everybody, and this is where I'm going with this, and you'll see why I did this. Everybody has question marks. I don't understand why we act like the Cardinals are the only team that has question marks. People are saying the Brewers are so much better than us. Folks, their starting pitching is atrocious. You think we got problems on the, on the mound? They got big problems on the mound. Their best pitcher's out. Nelson's out. I don't, I don't think we, we compare um, you know, so much of the Brewers because of what you just explained. Um, they're not, I mean, what I, when I say the Brewers is because they finish ahead of us. That's why the only, the main reason sure, why. Sure, no, and you got to respect up. that. And you get, and again, you can't get away from that. That's a fact. The they finished too. above us. That's right. And the Cubs, because the last couple of years, the Cubs have been a lights out. So, uh, we have to, we have to, as a, as a Cardinals organization, as a Cardinal GM, president and whatever owner, you have to look at those things, even even if uh, if they only got Lorenzo Cain, even if they only got uh, Yelich, which is a good player, even if they got minor, you know, minor signings, we still have to look at them because look at our roster. Um, uh, Jerko had always have had one first, the first half really good, and then he shuts down, and then we had a really struggling Matt Carpenter until maybe later. Uh, we don't know what we're gonna get on him uh, either. So and then you got uh, Wong, who came from injury plus, you know, season. And then you go to Dijon, only has one good year because that's his first year. You don't know what you're going to get out of him either. Then you go to Tommy Pham. He just woke up and, and had a great, unbelievable season. But we do we know he's going to do the same? That's what I'm trying to say. Fowler's the veteran. Uh, Ozuna, like you said, he's been going up. Yari's been steady. But but other than that, we still have the same. We still have questions and say, okay, we hope and pray that everybody has their own years and great years so we can put it all together. Luke Weaver, for example, he's only been a few months in the big leagues. Jake Flaherty, if he makes the club, he's only been there for a couple months. Um, Wayne Ray's the veteran, and we know that he's getting to that point. Uh, Martinez, Waka, we know that. He might be able to do it, but that they got questions too. So, I mean, we we're in that position. That's why a name guy in the bullpen will help. That's why a name guy uh, in the starting lineup will help. Which Osuna was our guy. That's why a name guy in the starting rotation, which doesn't seem like we're gonna get, but it helps. That's the only reason why we say that, right? Absolutely, and and I, that's kind of where I was going. But the thing is, the Cardinals aren't the only, and that's what I meant was you're absolutely right. But I, but what I'm saying is that we're not the only ones. I would say the Cubs, the Cubs didn't get better. The Cubs did not get better this offseason. I don't care what anybody says. Brandon Morrow is not Wade Davis, and their bullpen had some issues anyway. So you take Wade Davis out of that bullpen and replace him with Brandon Morrow, and you're going to tell me they're better than they were last year in the bullpen? No way. 
There's no way they're better. No. And no, Jake Arietta, Jake Arietta's better than anything else they're going to have in that starting rotation. So you're not going to convince me of that either. So again, you know who got better? You know who got better, Jimbo? That you said the Yankees got better. Yep. You know who else got better? The um, ah, I had the team in my keep on my tongue. Do the th- Astros got better. They sure. got a little better. Sure. Yeah. And the Rangers got better. So Do- they they added what they needed. Well, um, let me ask you this: Do you like that? Got better. The Cleveland Indians got worse. Think about it. They lost Shaw. That's they, a... they lost Santana. I mean, they they got worse. Obviously, they didn't get better at all. Um, it happens. It happens. I mean, people out there that are fans, they need to understand this too. It, it it's not only the Cardinals. Everybody loses guys. Everybody gains guys. Uh. You know, so we have to be one of those that say, okay, we got, we're okay, we're going to be fine. We got to be fans. We have to enjoy this. We have to say, okay, what we have is a great lineup. I mean, hopefully everybody's healthy and we have a great lineup. If we do the same that we do last year and have 35 games, I think it was, that we were winning after the sixth, seven, and eighth, and ninth inning, I'll take that. I'll take that because I hope that our bullpen can hold up half of those games, and we're being business, you know? Sure. And here's the thing, and I'm going to throw this at you. So, like, when we talk about closers, okay, like I said, the Cubs are going to go with Morrow, who wasn't a closer, okay? He was, in a, he was, a, he was an eighth-inning guy, seventh-eighth-inning guy, okay? Um, so they're going to go with him. And, again, if you want to bet your house that he's going to be healthy and replicate last season, you go right ahead. I'm not doing it. And it, it doesn't mean I don't like him. I mean, I saw what everybody saw last year. He was really good. Okay, so great. Um, so so that's fine. But the Milwaukee Brewers closer, last year's the first year he did it. I mean, he's young. I mean, we're supposed to assume that Knievel's going to be Kenley Jansen. Well, I'll, fa- I'll, I'll rewind you back two years ago. Did anybody think O was going to struggle this year? Everybody thought O was going to be lights out this year, right? Yeah, and he wasn't. And we don't know. It's that's right. what you're saying. We, don't, we know. don't know. And again, but see, that's the thing, guys. That's what I'm trying to say. Lots of teams at some you juncture know, you know turn to team, these young guys. You know, one team that we haven't paid attention to as much is the Reds. And the Reds played really good ball against us. They they played really good ball. And let me tell you, they have arms in that bullpen. If those guys come out with a, a year of experience in, under their belt, I mean, if they're winning after the eighth inning, after the seven, they're winning that game, man. Did you see the arms? And we haven't even paid attention to them. And then they score runs. They're a hitting team. Obviously, they didn't they didn't pitch well in the starting. They they have all these things. You know, obviously they they didn't play well. But we haven't even talked about starting a new year. They played great against the St. Louis. They did good because most of the games I did and we did were against the Reds, man. And they looked. Man, they look so good. So that's another team we have to put in our list and be worried about. That's why we said that we needed that arm in the bullpen. That's why we said we needed this arm in the starting rotation because of these teams coming up to us and then coming up to our home and playing well and good enough to beat us. So obviously we don't know what's going to happen. We just got to wait and see in spring training who gets hurt, who doesn't. But – 
man, we got to be worried about this team too. So hopefully, uh, hopefully the fans out there, you know, they're as excited as we are. Because I tell you what, I'm excited to see what the lineup can do. Um, you know, and, and I hope the bullpen picks it up because I'm excited, man. I really am. Well, and I'll tell you, the the guy you're talking about, I really love in Cincinnati is Iglesias, the the closer. I mean, he's a he can go two innings. I mean, he's a he's a good good young arm, and he is electric. I like him. So yeah, I, I, I I'm with you on that. And again, I you know you got to play the games too. I mean, and that's kind of where I'm at on this. There's a lot of lot of team. You know, I'm going to ask you a question though, and this is I'm going to just throw this at you because this something troubles me about Greg Holland. And again, I, I preface this by saying this. I know nothing, right? I I don't know Greg Holland. I don't know anything about Greg Holland that really matters other than what I've seen, right? But the eye and then people can show me these numbers and they can have all these concerns and whatever. That's fine. But let me ask you a question. The St. Louis Cardinals, you and I and most people would argue, could use a guy in the closer's role that's done it, right? We all agree with that. It would be nice to have a guy back there that's done it. Even guys that don't really like Greg Holland can't tell me they wouldn't feel better if Greg Holland was their, was their ninth-inning guy versus what we have right now. I find it hard to believe that most people would say, I guess I'll take him. I, I think most people might say, well, I guess I'll take him, but, but I don't know that he's great. He's got to be better, in my opinion, than, than what we had now. And maybe I'm wrong. I could be wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I've said that a hundred times. I hope if, if it's Tui or if it's Lions or if it is Gregerson, I hope they have 40 saves. I hope I'm completely wrong. Okay? If, if we don't get Holland, I hope he goes somewhere and isn't very good because that's just how I think. I mean, I'm a Cardinal fan. That being said, the St. Louis Cardinals are not the only team that could use a closer. I'm going to give you a team that considers themselves on the cusp of winning a World Series. Just look at their team, the way it's constructed, and what's the one thing they're missing? The Washington, okay, the Washington team needs a closer. They've invested all this energy and made trades, traded away young talent. They've done all this stuff to build this team, right? They've got this, they've got Strasburg, they've got Scherzer, they've got they've got Bryce Harper, maybe only for one more year. They've got, you know. The third bit, Rendon. They've got all these players, right? They went out and got Adam Eaton, who should be healthy this year, right? They've got all these players, right? And the one thing they don't have is a closer, right? Why in the hell have they and not they signed? Don't. And all they got to do is pay. All they got to do is spend some money on Greg Holland. Why haven't they signed him? I mean, and they showed they and they showed they they needed a closer last year. <laughs> That's what they come up to as as a closer role. They couldn't close out games. Um, in the end, right in the playoffs and stuff. So, uh, but you said it. Why can't they go get Greg Holland? It's because of what we've been saying. It's like, just money. He's been out out of surgery. He's been out one year, and then all of a sudden he come here and pitch well. You know, in, in Colorado. I mean, Colorado's not easy. To no, close out game. Not at all. He did good. He did good. But it's only one year. So maybe his party. It's it's uh, it's asking for a hundred million. You know what I'm saying? Well, who knows? Maybe yeah, who knows what he's asking for? for. A five-year deal when when everybody's hesitating to sign him for one because they don't know how he's going to be this year. So that's what probably the case for most of the players. The players are way up seven, eight-year deals. Dude, it ain't going to happen, man. These owners they're not going to do that. So put yourself down. If you get if you get an offer for seven, go ahead, sign it right away. But if you don't get it, don't. 
don't be and don't be an idiot out there because you're looking for four and if they offer you two with good money take it and go out there and prove yourself again and then you come back in two years and be a free agent again and now you show everybody that you're still doing it but if you take a seven year and as an owner i mean as a player i would take it in a heartbeat but as an owner you're like oh shoot man do we want to do that do we want to go six seven no i don't know man this guy doesn't look like he's gonna play you know that good for that long uh they're not gonna do it that's just the bottom line man and they probably allowing everybody's probably hesitating maybe not because he's not healthy it's more because what he's asking for it might be too high well you know and again that's where i'm kind of at with him and i and i will say this i think and again i You've said it. I've said it. We don't really know what they're thinking. We know what they've said. We can look at things. You know, again, I tell people this all the time. They're like, well, they came out and said they were done. And I said, yeah. And then they made a trade two days later with Randall Gritchick. I, you know, and again, I know that wasn't like a blockbuster trade, but Randall Gritchick was a guy that was on their roster and was, was going to play. And they went and got a guy that's going to be a key in their bullpen. I promise you. Okay. He's going to be a seventh or eighth hey, inning that guy. That kid is electric. Yeah. That kid we have from, from Blue Jays. He had that, a great see. He had a great year last year too, and that's my point. Everybody's like, yeah. "Oh, he did it one year." Well, so did Morrow. So did Greg Holland. I mean, I, you know, again, yes. I, I, again, I, I'm with you. You know, I, whatever. Yeah, these kids could be could be a huge difference in our bullpen starting spring training. What, so, and remember what what guys don't understand, or maybe they do, but what you need to understand if you're a Cardinal fan. You still have Yadi behind the plate, which it helps a lot to have Yadi behind the plate and controlling the pitching game. So these kids that come in and they come in electric, you know, and being the top ten prospects and throwing this and throwing that, they're going to be catched by Yadi, which Yadi showed everybody that he's a great mind behind the plate. So they're going to still going to be better. They're still going to learn from Yadi. They're still going to have these opportunities. So. I'm excited to see what that kid could could do because, I mean, I heard so many great things in that video, man. He looked electric. Well, and I'll tell you this, um, and if you know, again. What's his name, Leone? Dominic Leone, yep. And here's the deal. If you, you can look at his stats, and obviously he had a very nice season last year, one year. I mean, before that, he was a journeyman. And I think Tony La Russa had him in, in Arizona and said his only issue was, you know, can he stay healthy or whatever. Um, or, or he wasn't healthy when he was with us. He feels like he's healthy now, and that's why you saw the numbers that they thought they would see. That being said, and people should know this, if you followed Toronto at all, okay, they have an electric closer in Ozuna. But he, okay, Ozuna has some, I guess, if you know, he's got some, like, mental issues, okay? And they were saying that if, that if he couldn't figure this thing out, that this Leona guy was the guy they were going to look at possibly closing games for him. So he's got the kind of stuff that another organization felt, this is our fallback. So if he's got that kind of stuff and he's a seventh or eighth inning guy, I like it. But when you look at the way the free agent class has worked out, and this is kind of where I'll end it to, to, to finish off what you and I have been talking about, if you're the St. Louis Cardinals or, or even Washington or any of these other teams, I, I, and I'll listen. I'll throw our competitors in there too: the Chicago Cubs, the the Milwaukee Brewers, all these teams, right? All these teams that are thinking to themselves, you know, another player, and we we really feel like we got a playoff caliber team, right? Well, they're they're all benefiting from this market right now. It just listen. Let me tell you something. All these guys, every day they stay out there, they're not getting any more money. 
They're not getting any more they're, years. They're getting less and less and less and less through the through the dates. They're getting less and less and less. And they're going to be signing. Instead of a seven-year deal, you watch. They're going to end up with a five-year deal. They're going to end up with a four-year deal and an option. That's well, what's going to happen. The more the closer you get to the – like Eric Hosmer, um, I mean, I, I hope that he gets a 20-year deal. I mean, I'm not saying any <laughs> of that, but I'm just saying that he had two seven years and one eight, two one eight years or one and one, one and seven, one and eight-year deals. And he he's still thinking about it. Well, guess what, buddy? He might be five before you know it. And well, then all uh, of a sudden you let go those seven because you wanted to think about it. You know what I'm saying? But that's well, how it goes in the in in the free agency. Now they can There's a lot of teams going at it because a lot of teams are going to be four year deals. Well, I don't. Uh, you, know, you know what I'm saying? The thing with Hosmer, I I, I said this once. I'll say it again. Um, what and again, I don't know if it's an eight-year. I think what I had heard was he had two seven-year offers: one from the Padres, one from the Royals. I saw something today okay. saying that his issue is he wants an eight-year deal. Now I don't believe that for a minute. I'm sorry to say this. What it screams to me is he doesn't want to play for either of those teams that gave him seven years. <laughs> Otherwise, no, but, why wouldn't but, you sign you know, it? Maybe, <laughs> I'm just putting Hosmer as an example. No, no, and I think you know, you're right. I think you're right. But it could be J.D. Martinez. It could be whoever you, Darvish. It could be whoever's after. Sure. Like Arietta, maybe. I'm just giving you an example. For that sure. could be anybody. I agree. Uh, and then uh, and then Darvish and Arietta. Maybe Arietta is looking for a seven-year deal. Who knows? And they're all going to be... Before you know it, like you said, getting closer to spring training from a seven-year deal that you're looking for. Okay, dude, uh, um, I'll sign the three-year deal, well-paid, and then and then option. Things like that well, happen. And, and that's what I think will happen. I think you're right on that. I think like if you follow the J.D. Martinez thing, I think the issue has been he wants seven or eight years. The, the, the Boston Red Sox have said, look, we're going to give you the money, but it's going to be five years. I think what you wind up, seeing there is and again i'm guessing just you know a negotiator here uh maybe they offer him an option that kicks in on his end if he does this or that but something's going to give here soon and it's and it's a game of chicken right now who's going to move first and i guess that yeah, and the, jimbo, remember remember jimbo that like you said like uh before when the offseason was going seven year deals was only two teams uh that were able to to get into the business now, you go and talk about a four-year deal. Now you get the whole league interested, you know. Sure. No, absolutely. And again, I, I just I can't help but say this. I, you know, and this will tie in with our renovated heating and cooling because I go hot and cold on all these guys. Okay, don't don't be hot and cold. Be right where you need to be. Call the friends at Innovated Heating and Cooling. Just check them out. InnovativeCompanies.com. You don't want debt fluctuation you want to be right there in the middle make sure your stuff's working right residential commercial industrial check them out innovativecompanies.com that's our friends randy and stephanie all under one umbrella uh, the guy i'm hot and cold on to be completely honest with you is holland and i think that that i'm hot on him because uh, i can't get away from the the feeling of knowing that you have a guy back there that just did it but then i get cold on him when you know i, I try to become I'm trying to learn more about numbers. I'm trying to believe more of the things I see, and I'm just never really sure. So, anyway, I, I guess I get torn a little bit with all this stuff, and I and I kind of go back and forth. But, um, you know, I'll tell you my opinion on Holland if you want. I'll tell you. Yeah, um, let me hear it. Real simple. Um, 
Colorado's not an easy part to pitch, and he still made uh, what thirty-five save or something, thirty saves. Yeah, I can. And he pull still did really good. Yep. Had a good year, and if you put that guy in the St. Louis uniform, closing games with that big park at least at home, and then you put him in that park, he's going to save a lot of games in our park because it's huge and it's, it's not a hitting hitting park, right? Yeah. And not only that, he has he has the experience of Colorado. Okay, so when he goes to the Wrigley Field, he's not gonna he's not gonna feel uh, threatened or scared, or he's not gonna feel any of that because he's done it. He's been in Colorado; it's worse than anything Wrigley can bring. And, and Wrigley actually sometimes uh, more than none, and wind is blowing in, in to home play, right? So yeah. you get that out of the question. Then you put him in the rest, which is a hidden part, but he's not gonna be or worry about that because he's done it in Colorado. So and then you put him in Milwaukee, which is a hitting park again, and then what? He's not gonna be scared. He's not gonna be worried because he's done it in Colorado. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. by bringing him in, it's a good part. So if they do it, Jimbo, I'll be excited. I'll be excited to see what he can do in our part. But if they don't get Holland, I'm I'm still getting pretty excited for what we have, man. I'm I'm getting really excited. I don't know what we're going to do. we got to wait. But I'm, I'm still getting excited. they got a few arms there that they can pick it up, you know? Yeah, you know, and again, I'll say that, you know, if you look at Greg Holland, you know, he had a nice year. Um, he did start out like crazy. You know, he was nuts at the beginning of the season. Um, you know, did he get a little tired maybe a year out, I would guess? You know, he was good when he was with Kansas City, and – Again, I, that's my thing on this whole deal, you know. I mean, I wonder. I mean, he had 41 saves last year. He had a 3.6 ERA, 70 strikeouts. Um, In Colorado. You know, but this guy's a career 2.6 ERA with 186 saves. I mean, I, you know, I, God, I, you just – I have a hard time believing that he couldn't help us. I really do. I'm sorry, folks. I mean, do listen, do I want to be pragmatic about it and not give him too many years? Sure. But, man, if you could find a way to get him for two or three years, I mean, I almost feel like you have to do that. But I guess I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. I, you know, he blew four saves last year. The guy blew four saves last year. I'm with you. Um, I don't know what we're going to get out of the guy because that was his first, first time after the surgery. And I'm with you, Jimbo. I, I don't know. If, even if we don't sign him, I feel so good with our arms that we have right now that we're, I'm ready to go to war, man, seriously. And then having that Leon guy in the back end and things like that, you know, makes me – and then Reyes coming back. Um, I'm excited, man. I really am. I, but but if we sign Holland, I, I will be ecstatic. I want to see what he can do in our field, like he, how many games we can save with him and then – Gregerson doesn't have that pressure on closing, uh, or Tuli. Tuli will have uh, an easier way because he'll throw the seventh, uh, things like that. You know, our bullpen will be set with one more, one more arm. It doesn't have to be Holland, like I said. Uh, we're discussing Holland right now, but it doesn't have to be Holland. It just has to be a name guy after closing games. You know? No, I'm with you. And again, I'm sorry. That's it's. Man, I, I'm just being honest, folks. I like – there's a part of me that wants him. And, again, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he's – maybe he is 
never going to be healthy. Maybe he's what he is. I just, man, just having a hard time thinking that he couldn't help our bullpen. So, again, I could be completely wrong, but, boy, it looks like it would help us. Um, Benji, I know you got to run on us today. Um, we're going to go ahead and cut you loose. I know you got some important stuff to do with your daughter. Uh, it's funny. I, uh, the blues show that I did this morning, Jamie rivers wasn't here cause he's spending some time with his daughter. I can tell you when you got all these boys involved in all these knucklehead sports, it's awful nice to spend some time with your daughter. So you go do that today. Enjoy her. And, and you guys get her all squared away. I know you're taking care of her and doing some stuff for her. So, um, you go get her taken care of and know that the fans and the, the fans of the show love to hear from you each and every week. And, and we thank Yachty and the M4 by Yachty.com brand for bringing you, uh, bringing you every week, my friend. Uh, thank you so much. Well, I love sharing uh, my time with our fans. And uh, you know what? We need, to, we need to ask our fans. That would be a good question for Twitter. We need to ask them, what do they want us to talk about? What, what would be the biggest thing for the fans? Uh, to hear us, you know. To yeah, we've gotten us. away from it only because. Yep, we've gotten away from it only because we've had so much stuff going on. So um, we'll get back to it now because again, we've got a couple of weeks now. I will say this, and the hope is, man, we've only got two weeks. These free agents have to start breaking loose. So hopefully, we've got all kinds of stuff to talk about, good or bad, when it comes to our roster construction. And again, don't forget the Innovated Construction Team underneath the Innovated Companies. Uh, umbrella innovativecompanies.com the construction arm helps you with residential commercial um, industrial and of course they would love to help you plan it out that's their specialty give them an opportunity for that as well but thank you my friend i look forward to it and uh we'll chat more on monday you got it go birds man all right thanks benji that is the great benji molina on the m4 by yachty.com hotline had to uh, run a little bit today which is completely fine again i know we all appreciate him joining us each and every week uh, again, uh, it's so nice to get the opinion of a former big leaguer. And, um, you know, again, he's an old school guy. I know sometimes we get some stuff from, from people saying, hey, you know, uh, what about this stat or what about that stat or this player or that player? I'm not quite sure that, you know, and it's like, hey, listen, that's fine. But I, I want the opinion of a guy that's done it. I'm sorry. I just do. And if you don't, that's fine. You can do whatever you want to do. But I really, really, really am always interested to hear the opinion of a guy that's played it at the highest level. Well, now that we've sent uh, Benji packing, let's bring in a new, uh, a new flavor here to the show, uh, a segment that uh, all of our fans have really started to enjoy, uh, especially our analytical and numbers crowd that, that uh, love the, uh, the place in the game that this is starting to take. And, uh, and I'm enjoying getting to, to know more about it and learn more about it and how it's used as well. Uh, everybody's enjoyed this, and so let's welcome in Moe's Algorithm for bow ties and sweaters where analytics meet the eye test. Moe's, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you, Jim? Well, I challenged you to look at something that I've been seeing more and more on social media that I can't speak educatedly enough on, so I challenged you to do it because you can. Um, I believe you were the, probably the first person to ever bring this up, and then I've seen some other people hit on both sides of the fence, so I thought I would tax you with the question. And that is this. The Cardinals, uh, there, there's a, a couple of guys that were in the, uh, and, and correct, please tell me the name of the league in Japan that these guys played in was what? Pacific Coast? Uh, the, Japanese, the Pacific Coast League in Japan, yep. Okay, so, and I thought that was right. I just didn't want to butcher it. So we have two guys, uh, the two, big, two of the biggest names coming over. Uh, one is a quote-unquote can't-miss phenom in Ohotney, right? And he signs with the Angels, yeah, okay. correct? Correct. Uh, an interesting correct, yeah. player. Interesting player because not only does he pitch, but he's supposedly a prolific hitter, um, decent outfielder with a good arm, and he pitches. So 
we're going to see something in baseball we probably haven't seen in a long time, uh, according to the reports, correct? That is correct, yep. Okay. The other big name to come over from Japan in the Pacific Coast League is who? Uh, Miles Michaelis. And he happened to sign with our St. Louis Cardinals in what has been perceived by most as an underwhelming signing, a quote-unquote dumpster dive, a low-hanging fruit signing for the Cardinals. Now, I will say, I, when they signed him, was not happy. It has nothing to do with him. It has absolutely zero to do with what I think he has done, what I think he can do. I'm on record as saying that I felt like the Cardinals had everything they needed to go out and get a proven guy, right? Which is fine. We can argue and debate it all day long. I still want them to. Even if they don't do it, and even if I understand what they're doing, I still want them to do it, even if it's wrong. I'm one of those guys. Do something even if it's wrong. And I know that that drives people nuts, and that's fine. The, the, the problem is this. I also love to look at both sides of everything. You piqued my interest, I don't know, maybe a month ago. I could be wrong. So I've been trying to get involved in this, albeit not smart enough to do so, so I thought I'd challenge you with this. You sent out a tweet that said, I don't understand, Mikolaj, why are you discarding Mikolaj's numbers, but you're acting like Ohotny's a can't-miss guy? Because basically... I don't know if they were exactly, but their numbers in Japan, the same league that everybody's saying you can't use Japan's numbers, aren't they similar? Uh, they really are, and I'll, I'll start it off here with a little game for you. Okay. Uh, show, uh, I want you to tell me which pitcher is which. I'm just going to read you their last three ERAs, uh, their last three years. Okay. So the first pitcher, we have a 224 ERA, a 186 ERA, a 3.20 ERA. Okay. And then for the next pitcher, we have a 1.92 ERA, a 2.45 ERA, and a 2.25 ERA. Which one's which? Okay, so I'm going to assume that the second one you read with the 1.92, the 2.45, and the 2.25, I'm going to assume that that's Ohatney. That's Miles Michaelis. The first one is Shohei Otani. Okay. So what, what I'm getting at is why are we just assuming that Otani is this phenom pitcher, which he probably is. He's a lot like you, Darvish, when he came over from Japan. Now, the, two, the major difference between the two is Otani has a strikeout rate around 10.5 per nine, and Michaelis is a little closer to 8.5 per nine. So Otani does have a little more strikeout potential than, than Michaelis, but Michaelis' strikeouts are still really, really good. Last year he had a nine per nine. So he's striking out one per inning. Um, I just, I don't understand why Michaelis can put together three phenomenal seasons in Japan and he's just discarded as this, you know, low hanging fruit trash while he put up similar numbers to Otani, who was the most sought after free agent uh, this year. Um, okay. You've really piqued my interest now. Um, Okay, I like the strikeout rate from Ohatney, obviously better than Mikolaj, but it's not but Mikolaj's is nothing to 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 discard. What other mm -hmm. numbers would be out there that would lead me to believe that Ohatney is so much better than Mikolaj? Now, I say this under the premise of knowing that there is scouting involved in this and makeup and and physical, you know, your physicality, your athleticism, things like that. Is it something about uh 
Ohatney like like I don't know like is it their fastball? Does Ohatney throw it a hundred and Mikolash throws it ninety one? Is it I don't know. I mean, what is it? A lot of it has to do with that. My uh, Ohtani does throw a hundred and Michaelis doesn't. Michaelis tops are out around ninety four, ninety five, which is still not bad. You know, again, we're we're going back to we're comparing him to Ohtani, but his numbers still even when even as hard as he throws now. Uh, Michaelis lives more off of his slider and his curveball than he does his fastball. You know, Otani lives a lot more off his fastball than his other stuff. So, you know, those are the, they, they pitch differently. They're different pitchers. But as far as results go, when it comes to how they did in Japan, I don't understand why one is discarded and the other one has already got a statue outside of Angel Stadium. Okay. Um, you know, the, the biggest thing I can see, too, is uh, here's another example. Their walk rate. Uh, Michaelis had a 1.1 walks per nine. He, he So he could throw a complete game in his last year in Japan and walk one guy. He had 23 walks in 188 innings last year. Wow. That's how good his control has gotten. For example, Otani, I'm not going to count last year because he had that elbow. The elbow was bugging him. His walk rate really spiked. But the year before 2016, uh, Otani had a 2.9 walks per nine. So he walked uh, 45 guys in 140 innings. So right there, you can already see that Michaelis has better control than Otani. Wow. And all of this is stuff he's developed in Japan. He's worked on in Japan. He spent three full seasons over there. Um, I'm excited about Michaelis. I know a lot of people aren't. And I understand he doesn't come with the pedigree of a Jake Arrieta or you Darvish. I understand why Cardinal fans would want even to add with, to one of those guys. But I, I think Michaelis is going to be something we didn't expect. Okay, what about him gives you caution? Is it purely the fact that he's been here and didn't have any success? And maybe not? I mean, is there anything about Mikolaj that you look at and go, okay, I, this makes me say maybe not. Is there anything in his numbers that you look at and go, or is it simply, well, I mean, he just hasn't pitched in this league in three years, and the last time he was here he wasn't very good, so I guess you could say that. Yeah, so there's nothing in Japan that, that throws up red flags for me. Uh, it would be the stuff he did before Japan with Texas and San Diego. And if he reverts back to being that type of pitcher, then you know he'll turn out to be a bust. But if he doesn't, you know, he's – he could be something special for two years for the Cardinals. Is and, it? You know, like. Go, go ahead. Go, no, I'm sorry. You go ahead. I thought you were done. Say, finish your comment. So, you know, and a dozen teams wanted to sign him, and he picked the Cardinals. And like Mozeliak said, the Cardinals wanted to go longer than two years with him, but he didn't want to because he wants another bite at that free agent apple, as, as Mozeliak said. So he'll be 31 when he's a free agent again, and he wants one more shot at another big long-term contract. So this is kind of a two-year debut for him in terms of getting a bigger deal in 2020. Um, the thing you hear the most from the people that quote-unquote are in the know is that he learned how to pitch and basically, and you mentioned and you touched on it, he command he learned how to command the strike zone. Was that his biggest issue that you could see before he went to Japan? Yeah, he had a lot of walk issues um, when he, before he went to Japan. Um, he gave up a lot of home runs. So even when he was in the strike zone, it was not in the right spot. And he was, he was walking guys, you know, at one point with the Padres, he had a 5.4 walks per nine. That's, that's bad. So, 
he had issues and I think he learned to command his off speed stuff better over in Japan, which, you know, some guys do. Um, so that's one of the, that's one of the ways he really improved was not walking guys. Well, I would say this, um, you know, for, you know, one of the things about understanding the way the game works, if you can't find the strike zone, you're going to give up home runs. And it's because why? Cause you pitch behind in the count. Let me tell you something. If you've ever played baseball, if you never get yourself into a 3-1 count or a 2-0 count, you're never going to be a very good hitter. <laughs> it's just it, – it's a fact. It, and, that, it, listen, for all you number guys out there, just go look at it. Just go look at the averages of hitters when they're in a 3-0 count, a 3-1 count, a 2-1, a 2-0, versus an 0-2, an 0-1, a 1-1, a 1-2. I'm telling you. So if you're behind in the count all the time, Okay, you're gonna give up some long balls. It's a fact. So um, that is is an interesting part of the whole equation. That if the guy is, you know, if the guy's commanding the zone and isn't, you know, and is able to throw different pitches and different counts, that's a big part of this thing. I mean, you know, if you watch amateur baseball to professional baseball, the number one thing that the the great pitchers and what makes them great is when they can command the zone, they throw. They throw different pitches and fastball counts for strikes. And, you know, that's how they live. I mean, Greg Maddox lived that way. Um, lots of guys lived that way um, that were really good at what they did. So commanding the strike zone and getting ahead in the count is massive. So, again, I, I, I don't, I, I'm not sure what side of the fence I want to play here for devil's advocate because you could go both ways. And, again, I just found your argument, him against Ohotney, interesting only because – Ohotney is regarded as such a big prospect. I just I found it really interesting and your approach to it, and I, that's why I wanted to get you on. Is there anything else that sticks out about him that, that, that you would tell us, hey, um, you know, keep an eye on this because I think you're going to like it? Uh, not really that I can think of. Uh, I think his strikeout rate will, will fare well in the majors, and as long as he can keep that walk rate down, I think he's going to have success. Uh, I don't want the Twitter audience to destroy me, so please understand I'm not saying he is Shohei Otani. I'm not saying that's what his ceiling is. I'm not trying to compare the two in terms of, oh, well, we signed the same thing. All I'm trying to say is he's better than what people are trying to portray, and he is probably better than Mike Leake, and that's what they signed him to be. So if if we can get something you know better than Mike Leake with a high ceiling, I, I don't see what's wrong with, with with having him. Huh. Okay, I can live with that. Uh, before you go, Benji and I, before you were on, uh, talked a little bit about the free agent market. Um, I got to tell you, the one thing I brought up to him, and I'm going to, you know, and I, you're probably, maybe you're, I think you've looked at it enough, you can answer the question for me. Um, you know, in our heat, in our innovative heating and cooling segment, I kind of, I'm hot and cold on Greg Holland for a variety of reasons. Number one, I'll, I just can't get away from wanting a guy in the back of the bullpen that has done it, and he's got 100-and-something career saves, and he's coming off a 41-save season. Um, I'm also not stupid, and I understand that, you know, the, the pro clubs see things and they analyze things and they do things and they, they try to, you know, they have business decisions. The St. Louis Cardinals are not the only team out there that need a proven that, – that would like to have a proven closer. I look at a team like Washington who is <laughs> – invested all this money in their team and doesn't have a closer and they haven't signed Greg Holland, right? Yeah. What is it yeah. about Greg Holland that people are, I mean, we don't know what he's really asking for. Like, is he asking, like, 
listen, if he's asking for better than Wade Davis money and better than Wade Davis years, then I understand why nobody signed him. But if he's looking at Wade Davis's contract going, look, I just want what Wade Davis got, and nobody signed him, um, you know, what is it about him that you think a team that could really use a proven guy in the back of the rotation, you can argue whether the Cardinals do or not, but I would argue they do. Some people may argue they don't. The Washington team definitely needs one. And you could probably point out a couple more teams that could use him. So my point is, what about him has him still on the free agent market other than what we may not know, and that may be a ridiculous salary demand? Uh, his, his second half declined last year. But I, I, think, I think him and Boris think he's as good as Wade Davis. He's not. Um, but yet he's going to want Wade Davis money in years, which he's not going to get. Uh, the other problem is Mark Melanson is a similar type of pitcher who got even more money than Wade Davis last year. So Wade Davis already took somewhat of a discount this year, so I don't know how much more of a discount Holland and, and his agents are willing to go. So I think that's the biggest issue is he wants a big, you know, four- or five-year deal for $50, $60 million like Wade Davis and Mark Melanson got. He's just just not going to get it in this market. It's 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 amazing. I, I can't believe the amount of guys that are still left unsigned. It makes me wonder what in the world's going on. Even some bench players, um, you know, guys like Carlos Gomez who could fill in a bench role for somebody, still not signed. So I'm not sure what's going on there. But, yeah, I think the issue is Greg Holland probably wants a Wade Davis contract, and teams look at him and say, you're not as good as Wade Davis, and if we wanted to pay that, we would have just signed Wade Davis. Do you look at his second half decline as him not being as good as we think he is, or do you look at it as being they rode him pretty hard early in the year and the guy was coming off Tommy John and, you know, after a normal offseason, he should be fine? I mean, what do you think? Um, I think he overachieved a bit in the first half, and I think he was a bit unlucky in the second half. So that's why you got to kind of – you got to take a step back and look at how he did the entire year and really, he did well. He pitched well for Colorado. He really only had one bad month. It was August that he really struggled. So I mean, 41, I 41 saves, four blown saves. I mean, that's, you know, and he had a three-point-something ERA. And, I mean, people act like ERA doesn't matter for relievers. I'm going to argue that all day long because the bottom line is sure. people can say, well, you know, a lot of times these guys come in and then somebody else gives up the hit. Well, you're the one that put them on base, so I don't want to hear about it. <laughs> okay? So yeah. it does matter yeah. to me. It does matter. Quit saying it doesn't matter. Okay, if you come in in the seventh inning and you give up a hit and a walk and they take you out and somebody else gives up a hit, you put those guys on base. Now, their argument is, yeah, but that guy might have gotten the guys out and he didn't get to control his own destiny. You want to control your own destiny? Don't put guys on base. Okay, I'm tired of the excuse making and all the all the blaming other people for your mistakes. Okay, it's pretty simple. Okay, it's ERA is really, really simple, folks. Don't put guys on base. It's real simple. Yeah, that's okay. pretty much yeah, very that pretty much defines it. Right, yeah. so it does matter yeah. to me. Your ERA in the bullpen does matter to me because if it's high, it tells me you give up base runners. That's what it tells me. Okay, I would agree with that. Um, so I'm going to say that I'm going to put you on the spot. If Greg Holland signed with the Cardinals, let's face it, it's not your money, right? And we know the Cardinals have money, so who cares? Let's say they sign him. Let's say he falls right in their lap. He says, "You know what? I'll take three years." I'll take three years, no option. I'll just take three years. Or I'll take two years at a high AAV with a third year that kicks in if I reach some things at a high AAV. So it's not your money. What do you care, right? Mm -hmm. Will you take him? 
Oh, absolutely. I okay. think they could use him. Okay. I don't, but I don't want him to go four or five years. Okay, so. so let's say you get him for three years. Greg Holland is our closer next year. Give me his final stat line on the big ones. What is it? I would say his ERA would be somewhat comparable to what it was in Colorado. You know, three one, three two, three three, somewhere around there. I think with the offense the Cardinals have this year, he could easily top forty five saves, and he would probably blow five or six of those. You know, that's just kind of normal. Um, so you think he'd be really so, similar yeah. to what he was last year for a season? I do for at least this season. Yeah, I do. Okay, so. Uh, so I'm just going to throw it. So how can that be bad? Uh, it can only be bad if the contract's too long. Okay. So it's not going right. to be, I don't think it's going to be bad at all for 2018. Probably not bad for 2019. It's after that when he gets to be 34, 35 years old that you start to wonder. Right. And that's, and Mo said as much at the thing we were at last week, the bottom line is, you know, if, if Adam Wainwright bothers you on this roster after everything he's done, for this organization, if he bothers you being on this roster at $20 million, you're telling me that a guy that hasn't done what Adam Wainwright's done for this organization, you're going to be okay with him in three years on this roster at $25 million or $15 million for a closer, whatever it is? So, I, you know, I kind of understand that. Like I said, my problem with Mo this whole time has been the guy come right out and said, we're going to address all this. And the point I made the other day was, and I thought it was a great point, it was either made by you or somebody else, they did address, I think it was you, they did address these things. You just didn't like who they addressed them with. That's ultimately, at the end of the day, what they did. I mean, now. Yeah, they addressed them with guys that they thought were the solution. That's right. Now, I will say, I'm going to have a hard time defending them because, boy, they sure sounded like addressing it to them really, to me, sounded like we're going to go get guys, like name guys. Now, do name guys always work? No, they don't. And that's why I realized and took a step back and, and looked at my own self and some of my own tweets and some of my own comments and realized that I was being a whiny bitch, to be completely honest with you. <laughs> and the reality is this. The reality is this. I might even be right, okay? But the bottom line is they got to go play the games. they got to go play the games. And we'll see what happens. I, again, I, you know, I, I, I'm not going to change my stance. Do I want some guys? Like when I look at a team that I think is close – and I think they should do this or that, absolutely. I want it done. And I've said this before, too, okay? I, I have nothing to prove this. I have nothing to go on. But you are never going to convince me that a GM and an owner and a team president don't get together and look at their team realistically and say to themselves, this team has a chance. Let's make a move. Let's go all in. And sometimes they look at the team and go, it's not worth it. It's just not. This team is not there. And we don't want to admit that. I think the last two yeah. years they've looked at this team and said, I don't think so. I believe that yeah. in my heart. And that's why nothing really got done, is they looked at it and they didn't like it. And I'm not sure you can blame them. Some of the players did not hold up their end of the deal. Sorry. They just yeah, didn't. and I, I think they looked at it. I think – I think what, what they looked at was what what is our ceiling even if we do something to play in a wild card game and possibly go home after nine innings? Why why attack the future for that? You know, everybody's so every, I think, everybody's talking about the Astros in that light you just said right there. Everybody's talking about the Astros. And I've said, wait a minute. Okay, so hang on. And and you can help me with this too. This is why I wanted to bring it up. Everybody's big on Jeff Lunau. I've said maybe Jeff Lunau was the smartest guy in the room, right? 
Okay, so I did a little homework, did a little research, talked to some people. Jeff Lunau was Mo. Jeff Lunau yeah. was a minor league specialist like Mo was. My problem with mm-hmm. Mo, I'm starting, as I learn more about it, is my wonder about Mo is, is Mo really good at evaluating major league talent? I would say, to this point, you may have to wonder. Okay, he's made some questionable signings and trades on major league established talent. Now, I've also said this. Is Mo playing in the same field as everybody? Are his parameters set to where he can't go swimming in the deep end? If that's the case, then it's kind of hard to blame the guy if he doesn't have carte blanche to go get exactly who he wants. If you if you say, I really want so-and-so, but i got to go with Brandon Moss because he's more in our range and what we're willing to do, well, then it's hard to fault Mo. But if Mo's like, look, I think Brandon Moss, look at his stats, look at this, and then he comes over here, and he, okay, you see what I'm saying? Same thing with Mike Leak and others, correct? Now, that being said, so Jeff Lunau goes to Houston, and I kind of sing his praises a little bit, and then I do my homework and realize – well, he didn't draft Springer. He didn't draft Altuve, or I don't believe he drafted Gonzalez, and he didn't draft Keuchel. Okay. Now, he did he draft Correa? Yeah, that was his first year there, and he had the number one overall pick when he got there. A monkey could have drafted Correa. I'd have drafted Correa. How about the fact, that he, about the fact that he drafted Mark Appel and didn't draft Chris Bryant? Okay. Yeah. Now, now listen, that happens every – see, that's my point. I'm not ready to bash him, and I'm not ready to give him a bunch of praise. That's my point. Okay? Now, but when you got the number one overall pick and Chris Correa sitting there, he's a no I mean, like I said, a monkey could have took Correa. Okay? Now, yep. and people say, well, okay, look, he had a team, and look what he did to him this year. Okay. So let's look at what he did. He had a 100-win team, and he's got to be looking at his team going, we can win this thing. Oh, and by the way, we got all kinds of money available because we've been tanking and don't have a bunch of huge contracts. So, yeah, guess what? We're a destination for Justin Verlander when everybody else is going, I'm not paying that. Right? Yep. So yeah, he's a right. genius because he yep. was one of the only possible landing spots for Verlander, and he had 100 wins, and Verlander would agree to go there, so he's a genius? Come on, guys. Let's, let's be honest. And, again, I'm not saying he's not great. I'm just going to need to see a few more years because, again, he yeah. didn't draft Altuve. He didn't draft Springer. He didn't draft Keuchel. I mean, I, people are like, oh, they did great trick. No. The core of their team was there when he got there, if you include Correa. And like I said, if Jeff Lunau never goes to Houston, they're still taking Correa. <laughs> yep. You know, and that's kind of my argument with the OS team, you know, is, yeah, he's drafted some of these guys and everything. But he's always done it, you know, Boston and Chicago, he's done it in big markets to where if he makes a mistake, he can cover it up with money, which he's done in Chicago already. So I, I, that's the similar argument to Epstein is, is he really this big genius or does he just go tank somewhere and get all these draft picks and then he's able to spend money on top of it because he's in a major market? I agree. I mean, I, I want to see. That's right. I, I want to see Theo Epstein win, win one with the Pirates. Then I'm impressed. You, you, you've won in Chicago and you've won in Boston, which granted they had their curses or whatever you want to do. They were still major market players who were, he had carte blanche to do whatever he needed to do in both locations. So win one in Kansas city, win one in, in Pittsburgh. And I'll respect you a little more than what you're doing in Chicago and Boston. And it's the same way with Loon Let me see what you do when these contracts catch up to you. Yes. And then let's see how much you're winning. Then you got to start acting like Mo, where you got to start making really, really tough decisions. 
And I would agree. I, I think Bill DeWitt has more input, more meddling, I guess, than most owners, I think. Because I think, I think that's why Matheny's there, and I think that's why the payroll is what it is. I think so, too. And like I said, I think what we learned last week is it is a business. It absolutely 100% like everything else in the world is a business. You know, one thing we didn't talk about last week, which I think uh, I missed on after I listened back to the show, I was blown. Maybe we did. I might have missed it. But I was blown away at how much they spend on their on on minor league baseball. I had no idea. I guess I've never thought about it that way. They spend thirty million dollars a year on minor league baseball. That's an expense. That's they don't make. That's after everything. That's how much they take out of the Cardinals and use for their minor leagues. Thirty million dollars. Yeah, that's like another huge free agent. <laughs> that's that is unreal. So anyway, yeah. um, I just again, I, it it sounds like I'm defending them now when I've been ripping on them in the past. I'm not. I'm I'm be, I'm trying to get educated. I'm trying to be realistic. I am upset. I listen. I can want more, and in another breath say, "But we're going to go play the games." And I can honest, I can honestly say as a fan that I don't want them to tank. And you know why? I'm at the age where I went through the late '80s, the early '90s. Some of these people that are listening to the show lived through the '70s before Whitey got here. I promise you, you don't want that. It's awful. It's awful. And I said what I said on Twitter yesterday. We got a commissioner worried about pitch clocks and worried about and, and worried about starting a runner on second base, and yet we got teams now tanking. We got 130 something free agents because teams could care less if they're competitive. Yep. <laughs> we got teams that have no shot at the playoffs. And yeah, I get it. Every once in a while, some team steps up and surprises you. That's great, but it's not every year. And even if yep. they do get in the playoffs, do they really have a chance? Come on. Give me yeah, a Yeah, there's only a handful of teams that do. You know, and again, saying that, well, it works. Look at Houston. Look what the Cubs did. Other teams, look at the Yankees, kind of sold everything off and came back. They may have came back faster than everybody thought. Look what the Marlins did. They bought, a, they bought one. You know, hey, I, just because it works doesn't make it right, folks. In the end, if scorching a fan base is worth a title – Ask Miami if it's worth it. Ask Miami if it's worth it. I think yeah. I'll take the. I think I'll take what we got. Now I'm not always happy. You know, the, I'm not always happy, but I think overall I am happy. Yeah. The one thing I, I try to tell people when they get upset with Mo is just break it down like this. He's been the GM and president for ten years. He's had ten winning seasons. He's won the division forty percent of the time he's been there. And he's won a, a world championship 10% of the time. So in 10 years, he has a ring and four division titles, and he's never had a losing season. So, yes, I get it. I get frustrated, too, and I want big, fancy, shiny things. But let us I think we owe him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt until we start having 75-win seasons. You know? That's just if, – if you really break it down and look at it before the pitchforks come out, just look and, and break it down. Ten winning seasons, four division titles, one World Series ring. That's, <laughs> I guarantee you, twenty nine other clubs would take that. No, I agree. I'm with you. I, I mean, again, it, the bottom line is this: Why do we get upset? We get upset because they don't do what we want them to do. It's that simple. Mm -hmm. They don't do what we want them to do. If they you know did, if they did what we wanted to do and it didn't work out, then we'd find another reason to complain. 
It's just ridiculous. Yeah, they actually make a game. Um, it's called Fantasy Baseball, where you can be the GM and go buy your own team. So I always tell people that, that they get, get upset about that. I say, hey, you can play the game all summer long where you pick and choose your players. <laughs> and it doesn't cost you a thing. So there's the alternative if you want to be the GM. Yeah, well, it's it's fun. Not as easy as one might think, but it's fun. Yep. <laughs> Well, That's hey, man, definitely true. I appreciate you. This was good. I, I, I hope our listeners really enjoy this because, again, you know, sometimes if you want to open your mind, um, I think you're surprised at what you might learn. So, again, I, I no doubt um, feel like I've learned a little bit today and uh, look forward to learning more each and every day. So thank you, Mose. We appreciate you. Don't forget, uh, Mose, I believe you're on Twitter and Facebook, correct? That is correct, at Mose Algorithm. All right. Love hearing from you, my friend. I will talk to you soon. See you, Jim. That is Mo's algorithm, bow ties and sweaters, where analytics meets the eye test. I know you guys are loving it. Um, I'm glad you're loving it. I hope uh, hope everybody really enjoys it. And, again, I, I can't help but believe that uh, most people uh, really, really, really uh, want to hear from him and hear what he has to say and, and be, a part of, uh, be a part of the analytics movement. Uh, a lot of people like me are okay with the analytics, but we also are trying to learn a little bit about uh, how the eye test works in conjunction with analytics. And again, I just I just want to be a little smarter too. So uh, happy to uh, happy to have him on each and every week. I uh, loved hearing from Benji today as well. We appreciate him as he stops on uh, stops in each and every week. Again, means a lot to me that he's willing to do so. I know you guys love him as well. Uh, I want to remind everybody to make sure you check us out. Uh, happy to have you a part of everything that we do. Please uh, please join us each and every week. You can start by going to twobirdsonabat.com. Subscribe there. It's absolutely free. Shop on Amazon. Help us with our uh, production costs. We greatly appreciate it. Don't forget our social media partners. Could not do this without them. It stops and starts, uh, as always, with our good friend, Nate McHenry, rallyscroll.com. Uh, being a part of the Rally Squirrel Club means a lot to us. To learn more about it, check out rallysquirrel.com. For less than the price of a cup of coffee, join the Rally Squirrel Club. And check out their great Facebook page at rallysquirrel.com. Chris Lawless, friend of the show, always thinking about him and his wonderful fiance. Cardinal season being right around the corner. I know how excited this guy is. He does a great job. Check out everything he does. Cardinals Nation, Cardinals 24-7. Special thanks to, to Mick Light, our friend at Art City Sports, for jumping on the two birds on a bat bandwagon. We've seen such growth since Art City Sports got behind us and started throwing it out. Thank you, Mick. We appreciate it greatly. Cardinals freaks, St. Louis Cardinals fans unite. Been with us since the beginning. Thank you, guys. We appreciate you. We want everybody to check out those wonderful Facebook pages as well. And don't forget our newest member, Everything STL Sports. Happy to have you. Lineupmedia.fm, thank you for everything you do. Find us on Instagram, Two Birds on a Bat Show. Find us on Facebook. That's our big ass. Type in Two Birds on a Bat. Like our Facebook page. Invite your friends. We would love them to be part of the Cardinals discussion. Don't forget us on Twitter, at Birds on a Bat Show. Happy to be a part of your Cardinals discussion. I leave you with a let's go Cards. This podcast was a presentation of lightupmedia.fm.